I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 119 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I have a very powerful week of fathers to bring you. I'm going to be hitting you with five episodes this week, and each one of them is packed with a first-class father who has an important message to share. Please follow me over on Twitter, at Alec Lace, and on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace, for all the latest announcements. And I just started a new Instagram account, at First Class Fatherhood, where I will only be posting uh, the episode covers and I will post all the new content as it comes up. So just the episodes only. Follow me on Instagram at First Class Fatherhood. Today I will be joined by former NFL wideout and founder of Rehab Time, Trent Shelton. Trent is followed by 1.3 million people on Instagram alone. Find out why he is so popular in just a minute here. As for me, I had an awesome weekend. It was kicked off on Friday as I was invited by my son's middle school to come in and speak about my experience with podcasting. Uh, Good old Checkmate Charlie's social studies class is involved in a podcasting contest, so I was really honored to come in and help out. Uh, I hope the kids enjoyed it as much as I did. I threw a picture of the event up on Instagram so you can get over there and check it out. Uh, Big things are happening for this podcast. Uh, I owe it all to you listeners out there. Your feedback has been really overwhelming. Please get over to iTunes, drop me a rating or a review. It really goes a long way to help me out. And let's spread the word about how awesome fatherhood is. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here on First Class Fatherhood. Tomorrow on the podcast, Congressman Sean Duffy from Wisconsin will be my guest. You may remember him and his wife, Rachel Compost Duffy, uh, from a little MTV show called The Real World and also Road Rules, where they met. They have eight children together, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, On Wednesday, former Lieutenant Colonel Alan West stops by, and be sure to lock it in for that one, guys. The Colonel is very well-spoken, and we get deep into some uh, really important topics surrounding fatherhood and family life, so be prepared for Wednesday's episode. Thursday, I will have a father who has crushed the real estate game, and he has got a special book offer for all first-class fatherhood listeners. You don't want to miss that one on Thursday. Andy Dane Carter will be here. And on Friday, to finish off the week strong, I will have former NFL fullback and Super Bowl champion Heath Evans. You may recall Heath was fired by the NFL Network along with Marshall Falk and several others for sexual harassment charges. Heath speaks openly about the entire issue, and believe me, you do not want to miss it. So lock it into First Class Fatherhood. It's an awesome week. You're going to love it. Spread the word out there. Sharing is caring. All right, so I've got a ton of content for you guys to consume. Uh, You can listen to all of it at your own pace. First Class Fatherhood is available for free on 14 popular platforms. And uh, remember to take advantage of the exclusive offer from NFW Watches, specifically for First Class Fatherhood listeners. Go check them out, nfwonline.com. Use the promo code FATHER, and you're going to get 15% off these amazing watches. you got to check them out to see what I'm talking about. You're also going to get free shipping in the United States, and $50 of your purchase, guys, is going to go towards Honor Flight, which is helping our World War II veterans. And you can check out my interview with the owner of NFW Watches back on episode 112. George Fox was my guest here. He is a first-class father, and he has got a pile of experience with making and designing watches. He cuts out the middleman, sells it directly to you. That's why all these other high-end watches cost two to three times 
more than his watch does with all the same features. So please check out nfwonline.com. Use my coupon code FATHER. He gives back to so many different people, especially our veterans. Do yourself a favor, guys. Just go take a look at these watches and you'll be blown away. All right, use the promo code father over at nfwonline.com all right so it's a very exciting week with some amazing dads Uh, it all starts right now with trent shelton who will be here with me right after this quick little spot i'm alec lace and you're listening to first class fatherhood I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Today's interview is being brought to you by SeatGeek. Get over to SeatGeek.com or download their app today. SeatGeek is offering $20 off your tickets to First Class Fatherhood listeners by using my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and you're going to save $20 off any of the tickets they offer on the site. Broadway show, sporting event, concert, whatever it may be, whatever your pleasure is, get over to SeatGeek.com today. Use my promo code FIRSTCLASS. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is a former NFL wide receiver who spent time with the Indianapolis Colts, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Washington Redskins. He is an author, a speaker, and he is the founder of Rehab Time. He has an enormous presence on social media with his inspirational video content. It is a great privilege for me to say, Trent Shelton, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on. All right, here we go. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have two kids. Uh, Tristan is 10 years old and Maya is two. Wow, okay. Do you have uh, Tristan in any sports or activities? Yeah, Tristan plays pretty much everything. Uh, His main sport is football and track, though. Awesome. Do you coach at all or do you cheer him on from the sideline? Uh, Well, football, I'm definitely involved with coaching. I couldn't couldn't just stand on the side, so uh, he loves me coaching. So I coach pretty much all his sports, basketball, but definitely uh, really involved with football for sure. Very cool. All right, Trent, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. For sure. Uh, to make a, I guess a long story pretty short is, uh, you know, I played football my whole life. Well, sports my whole life, but football was my route uh, to going to college, full athletic scholarship to Baylor. At Baylor, um, had a great career and, uh, you know, thought I was getting drafted, but went as an undrafted free agent to the Indianapolis Colts. And so I spent three years in the NFL with the Colts, the Redskins, and the Seahawks. And kind uh, of get to what I do now, just uh, my dream hitting that point in my life was, you know, it was great, but it came with a lot of struggle, you know, getting released and, and cut and, you know, pretty much fired <laughs> from team to team. I think I got cut about eight or nine times. So I hit a depression point and, um, you know, the birth of Tristan during that time really woke me up and really gave me a new inspiration uh, to really change my life. And that's where rehab time sort of came from was, me looking myself in the mirror, wanting to be a better man for my son. I, I, I have an organization, nonprofit called Rehab Time, and I'm a speaker and an author, and I travel around just trying to help people turn their pain into power. Okay, yeah, it feels like to me at least that the image of fatherhood and family life being portrayed by pop culture is far from the reality of the experience that fatherhood really is. So I love to bring in uh, high-end profile, successful people like you just to speak about the positive aspects of fatherhood. So um, how did fatherhood kind of change your perspective on life? Well, I mean, it changed everything for me because, you know, becoming a father, 
you know, blessed enough, I had a great father in my life. So my dad really set the tone for me. You know, my dad was involved. I mean, he's there. He's still there. You know, both my parents have been married for as long as I can remember, at least as long as I've been born. And so my dad was always active and always wanted that. Like, no matter where my game was, I could play in, you know, I'm in Texas, I could play in Seattle. He was there. So he always showed up. And he taught me the importance of not just, you know, being there, you know, not just as far as just like, you know, just being in, in, in a child's life, but actually being active. And uh, that's what I wanted to do, man. I wanted to just be half the man my dad was. And so when Tristan came around, you know, I wanted to be super, super active. And it was hard at first because, you know, me and Maria, we weren't married at the time, and I was traveling playing football. So Tristan was in Indianapolis, and it would hurt me day by day not being able to be there for my son every single day and really, like, teach him certain things. And, you know, blessed enough, Maria was able to move down. Our relationship got strong. We got married. And, you know, Tristan was about three years old when he came to Texas, and it changed my life because, you know, it immediately made – I mean, of course, when he was born, but when he got here, I said, man, he's going to follow my footsteps, not just what I say, but he's going to watch what Dad does. He's going to watch my actions. So I wanted to make sure I was giving him great tools to build, to give, to build a great future. And so many times in life we give our kids broken tools and try to build a great future. So I wanted to be the best I could be, not just for myself, but for him and my family. Yeah, very well said, Trent. And I think for a lot of men, uh, myself included, the first time we truly understand and genuinely put somebody else ahead of ourselves is through fatherhood. I mean, it starts the process of serving others. And the Bible says service to others leads to greatness. I am a faith-based person. I know you are as well. When did you become so strong in your faith? Was there a specific moment uh, that sparked it all, or were you always very strong in faith? Yeah, it was definitely a certain moment. I mean, I was raised uh, in the church. I mean, my dad is a pastor. So, I mean, ever since I was, I mean, I can remember, you know, faith has definitely been a part of my life, but you know, it was, it was like secondary, you know, it wasn't like, uh, it was more of a, you know, I always say it was a part of my values, but I, but I wasn't living it. Uh, when I hit 25, that's when I got released probably from my, from my final year, uh, with the Seahawks actually, I got released and I hit that breaking point And I really, start to look at myself and say, man, like I'm talking it, but I'm not living it. I say, I, you know, I have faith, but do I really have faith? Because my actions aren't reflecting the faith that I say that I have. And so I dived in deeper. I got into my word. I got into environment of faith people. I changed my friends. I changed my, my environment completely. And I put myself in these environments that really can strengthen my faith. And it did. And, uh, you know, since then I've been rocking and rolling, man. Yeah, it's so awesome to hear you talk like that, Trent. Uh, I love that you're popular on social media because there is so much trash and negativity being spewed across all these platforms, and your message is helping so many people. You know, you're a very big influencer on social media, but who influences you? Who do you kind of follow or pay attention to on social media? Oh, man, yeah. I mean, this is like a very, like, I guess, generic answer, but, like, this is just me. I'm influenced by everybody like i i really am a sponge of life like i could say you know of course i could say you know um you know dr tony evans is somebody that inspires me john maxwell uh you know there's so many people that i could list off bishop jakes you know that inspires me but to be honest you know it's or just to even be more real it's everybody you know uh, the people that you might not ever hear about that I know personally that's around me every day that's not a presence on social media or a presence in this world that inspires me. So, I mean, my next-door neighbor is a great father, you know, and I look up to him. Uh, my dad, you know, more a lot of people don't know who my father is, but it's those everyday people that I see that are putting out examples in the world that inspires me. 
Yeah, and like I said, it's awesome that there's guys like you that are putting out inspirational content because, let's face it, the the content available on social media can really destroy a young mindset. Uh, I know he's only 10, but how do you kind of handle technology time, video game time, and stuff like that with Tristan? Well, with Tristan, we have honest and open dialogue and conversations, and, you know, I I really try to help Tristan. I don't block him from certain things because just for me personally, I feel like, you know, when you you block – something or you take something, you put rules in place, it makes people want to break them. And so I put it back on Tristan and I have him talk about his values and what he stands for. And, uh, and, you know, if he goes through something or he does something or he's watching something he shouldn't watch, I'll ask him, hey, man, like, does that reflect your values? Like, you say you want to go here, but you're doing this. And I put it more on him because I want him to understand the importance of knowing what your values are, but also living your values. And it's worked great. Very cool. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Cool. All right, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? Are you a timeout guy, a spanker? How do you handle discipline in your home? Uh, really, I, 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 I consequences, and so I, with Tristan, and I mean Maya's, it's a lot harder with my little girl. Like I'm definitely a lot harder with Tristan, but uh, with Tristan, you know, it's about consequences, and so I tell him, you know, if you're going to make certain choices. You're gonna pay for it. So for a lot of time, for most for him, it's it's video games, I and mean, he's a Fortnite fanatic. So I'll take away the game, or we'll go out and work out. You know, we'll do something that he probably doesn't want to do, but I know that it's making him better in the sport. Okay, very cool. And a question that I that I like to ask all the former NFL players about is because it's a difficult decision for a lot of dads and moms out there, um, and that's whether or not to allow their child to play tackle football. With everything we know now or that is being said about CTE, it makes it definitely a struggle for parents. Um, so I know your son plays. How do you feel about young kids playing tackle ball, and what's a good age to let them start? Uh, you know, Tristan started uh, last year was his first year, and this is just my take on it. I mean, you know, I think safety is way more, uh, you know, the awareness of safety is, is, is an all-time high than from what I played. And, you know, I don't have blessed enough. I don't have any, you know, major, you know, head injuries or dealing with CTE. And so with Tristan, I just teach him the fundamentals of the game. And I just think this, if you're going to have your kid play at some point, because some parents say, you know, I'm going to wait till his body gets matured or I'm going to wait till middle school. And this is, and I could be wrong, but this is just my take, that I would rather start them around this age, eight, nine years old. So the impact is not as hard. They learn how to tackle. They learn how to, to avoid hits. And instead of waiting till middle school when it's a lot faster, it's a lot stronger, and, you know, those hits are a lot harder. So I think teaching them how to play the game now uh, at this age is very important. Yeah, I think it's crazy because when I was a kid, we didn't have all these flag football leagues available to us. We played, you know, tackle football in the street or or any grass that we could find. Uh, And there were some brutal hits. Um, But we kind of learned how to tackle, you know, just from playing, I guess, you know, learning on the job, learning how to tackle, not with our heads. Uh, And uh, all this stuff uh, didn't seem like such a big issue back then. Yeah, it did, man. It, it it did. That's the thing, like, with this world, right? It's like the more you bring – and awareness is great. But it's like the more you bring awareness to it, it's kind of like – uh, you know, if you if you know something is, uh, you know, I, I say it with fear all the time. Like, if I'm in a situation where, you know, there's a lot of fear and I don't know about it, I'm not fearful. But as soon as I understand how fearful the situation is, then it brings a lot more timidness to, to how I operate and what I do. And so knowledge is great. Uh, awareness is great. But I think sometimes it can be, you know, over the top. And, I mean, even you look at the NFL, how guys are tackling now, I mean, 
guys are kind of afraid to tackle, and that's you can even get hurt just by tackling different now. So I don't know. It's it's, it's pretty. It's definitely changed a lot. And I just, I mean, I hope it just prevents, you know, the injuries that are, you know, taking place. All right, Trent, are you planning on having any more kids or did you shut it down? Uh, Yeah, we're leaving it in God's hands. You know, we're not, you know, uh, shutting it down. So, you know, hopefully we'll have, a, you know, another boy or girl here, you know, pretty soon. Awesome. I love to hear that. We had our three boys first and then God blessed us with our little princess. And I'm telling you what, if we didn't get her on the fourth try, we'd have five by now. <laughs> All right, please uh, tell my listeners a little bit about Rehab Time, how you started it, where my listeners can find it, and where you plan on taking it in the future. For sure. Uh, It came about from just my struggle. You know, I never wanted to start an organization. I never wanted to be a speaker. And people find that, like, crazy. Like, well, the people who know me in my life don't find it crazy at all because I'm an introverted person. So my dad always says, like, Trent is the, the least person I thought would be a speaker. And so what really pushed it after Tristan was born was my college roommate, my teammate, uh, Baylor, Anthony Arla, he committed suicide. So that really struck a chord with me. And I said, you know what, I want to be there for people that are feeling like this, that are going through hard times that feel like life is over. And so I turned it up a notch. I just started sharing videos and messages online, uh, started helping people in the community, started going to schools. So that's what Rehab Time is all about, just really helping people turn their pain into power in any area of life. Uh, where I want to take it to, man, is just really doing what I'm doing times 10. You know, I want to reach more lives, I want to impact more lives, I want to help more people know that they're enough. Yeah, very cool. All right. Uh, you put out a ton of content. Uh, you put videos out. YouTube has become so extremely popular for, for this generation. One of the reasons I'm even here right now is because my two older boys, they want to become YouTubers. I was trying to explain to them that it takes a lot of hard work. It's not just turning on the camera, fooling around. Uh, you know, you have to put in a lot of effort into this. So you've had a ton of success with this stuff. What type of advice could you give to the parents out there whose kids are dying to become YouTubers or, or social media content? providers yeah i would just if i was you know my son tristan wants to be one also and i asked him why and just that why to me determines a lot i mean if you want to do it just to be famous just to make money you know that's not going to provide fulfillment in your life and that's one thing i tell tristan and i know that when you're young you don't really understand that so i try to break down stories even my story to him but if that why is that you know i want to impact people i want to educate people i want to you know, entertain people in a positive way. I feel like if the why is strong enough, you know, go for it. I know as parents, you know, sometimes we don't understand this world like a, a YouTuber. What's that? You know, when I go to my son's school, they call me a YouTuber. It's like, I want to be a YouTuber, <laughs> just like you. So I say believe in their dreams, support their dreams. Um, just make sure and try to cultivate as much as you can uh, their why that it's in the right place and not just in something that will fade away. Because even when you get all those things, if you if that's your reason, you're not going to be fulfilled. And that's a bad place to be at with being successful you know having everything that you wanted in life and still not being fulfilled okay and another thing real quick i wanted to get your take on is that you know dads today are much different uh, than they were back in the day I, I know as far as making mistakes because i could never imagine my father ever apologizing you know to me for anything uh, yet i find myself very quick to tell my kids that i'm sorry i call myself out when i make a mistake how do you kind of handle failures or mistakes as a dad yeah, it's the same thing. I talk to them, um, you know, and I let them know that I that I made mistakes. You know, I hug them, I console them. Um, you know, um, you know, they would say, like you said, the parents back in the day might call it soft, but I don't mind being like that. I don't mind showing the emotional side because I feel like the more you can be in touch with your emotions and the more you can show your kids that it's okay to cry, it's okay to apologize, it's okay to make mistakes. That helps them from 
uh, in the future because so many people live life keeping everything bottled in, especially as men. And men, you know, it's not the popular thing to express yourself or to be emotional. And you deal with all these silent battles that end up eating you alive. So I just like to show my kids that it's okay to be open. It's okay to uh, cry. It's okay to – that doesn't make you less of a man to do these things. To me, that makes you more of a man. Awesome. Great point. All right, Trent. Last question I'm going to hit you with here. I love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast. What type of advice could you give to that new father or to that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? Uh, I would say, you you know, what is going to change your life? You know, uh, the guy at the gym that's about to have a – uh, a kid and he's pretty nervous. You know, he talked to me the other day and I told him, you know, I get it. Never been in this position before, but just know that you're going to be great at it. Just know that God's going to bless you with the tools that you need. You know, there's no perfect parenting. We're all on this journey to learn how to be a better parent. But as long as you have that mindset to say, you know what, I'm going to make sure I'm the greatest me for them and make sure you give them examples to look up to and make sure you pour into their life and just make sure you're there for them. And not just being there, being active in their life, you know, everything will, will take care of itself. Awesome. Well said. I love the message. This has been great. Trent Shelton, I just have to say thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you for sharing your platform. All right. I'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Trent Shelton for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was awesome. Please, guys, get over to Twitter. Drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And then bring it right back here for tomorrow's episode. I'm going to be joined by Congressman Sean Duffy from Wisconsin. He's got eight kids. We all stand to learn a little something from him. And then on Wednesday, former Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is stopping by the podcast. The whole week is lit, guys. Lock it in. Subscribe to the podcast. And if you can, spread the word to every dad in your contact list. Sharing is caring. Let's get the word out there. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Thank you.